0: Welcome to a new episode of Wilhelm and a brand new season of episodes as well. I've been away for a little bit, but, you know, we had a writer strike. We had an actor strike, so no guests, certain things we couldn't talk about. But it's all over now. We're back. we got brand new episodes coming and we are kicking things off with an anniversary celebration. That is, of course, the strange man in the blue box. We're talking about Doctor Who, 60 years uh, as of today, the dear the day that this episode is released, uh, Thanksgiving Day to you, Doctor Who Day to us fans and to bring on my guests. Um, couldn't think of two bigger Whovians to bring on. They haven't met until now, so that's fun. Uh, <laughs> but returning to Wilhelm is my buddy Billy. What's up, guys? And making his first appearance on Wilhelm and hopefully not the last is Sean.
1: Greetings, everyone. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, like, as I mentioned, you know, this is the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. We're all, we're all Whovians. We We are huge fans of the series. Uh, Sean, I know I've seen pictures of you, you know, cosplaying Doctor Who pretty phenomenally, I might add. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I know you've gone to cons, you know, dressed that way as well. You don't just cosplay at home for the fun of it. Maybe you do. I don't know. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so 60 years, we're all huge fans. I'm very curious because I know me personally, I found Doctor Who probably, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine about this earlier tonight. I found Doctor, I discovered Doctor Who or was, or had it recommended to me in the middle of tenant. So Tenet was in his final season. I think Matt Smith had been announced as the next doctor. And then so I was really just about to come into Matt Smith. But I still I caught up to it. Um, I feel like I'm stumbling my words. I apologize. I, I'm I caught up to where everything was right before Matt Smith took over and, and Tenet took his bow. Uh, I'm curious about you guys. When did you guys discover it and how did you discover it? Um, Sean, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so I've always been like a big sci-fi fan. You know, I grew up in the, you know, eighties, nineties era with star Wars and star Trek and everything. So Dr. Who was always one of those fandoms that was kind of lingering out there, but wasn't really something that, I guess one, like, drew my attention, but two, it wasn't, I'll say, super big, like, at the end of the 90s. I think they were just kind of sunsetting the series a little bit, and they took a little bit of a break before they rebooted it with Eccleston. So, uh, when I really started diving into it, um, I think similarly, Tennant was probably on, like, his second or third season. And I went back and kind of caught up, you know, via Netflix and, you know, watched Eccleston's season. And then, regenerated into tenant and just, you know, between the two of those actors, just absolutely fell in love with the show. And then uh similarly my wife and I dove really deep into the show, got caught up, I think it was for Tenant's last season. So we actually watched Tenant's last season live as he regenerated into Matt Smith. And then like a lot of fans out there, you know, you go through the um I don't know if you've seen the the Doctor Who cycle where the new doctor shows up and it's like I hate this guy. He's never going to be able to take this guy's place. And then the next phase is like, well, he's okay. And then, you know, six months later, you're like, yeah, he's pretty good. So yeah, Yeah. we definitely went through (laughs) that growing pain, just like everybody else. But yeah, that's where we kind of jumped in.
0: Okay, Uh, Billy, how about you? When did you discover it?
1: Yeah, uh, just like he said, I grew up loving all
2: things sci-fi and Doctor Who was just something ever so slightly out of reach. I never really got into it. But um, I'm a high school teacher and I have been for about 15 16 years now and i had a lot of students that would talk about doctor who all the time and it just kept sounding like something oh i think i should watch this i think i should watch this and i think when i jumped into it it was on netflix and i believe it was in real time it was matt smith's second season but i didn't watch any of that i started with um you know eccleston's season and watched a lot of it my wife who is not a big nerd like me at all actually was enjoying it as well so that was kind of a perk i guess and um we watched you know all of those seasons up until it got caught up uh, david Tennant regenerated into matt smith and and suddenly that is when the show became live to me i had to wait you know every week or every few months in some cases until uh, i could watch more and that's about where i jumped in
0: Okay, yeah, it's it's funny because I know we it seems like we all kind of found it around the same time or at least when the series where the series was in that position. Because I like you, I actually went to Best Buy and bought all the DVD sets to get caught up. I didn't go on Netflix to get caught up because I was a big collector at that time. So, yeah, I, I bought all the DVD sets and I I think I had a friend show me one or two episodes of Tenet. And then I went back and I was like, well, wait a minute, this isn't the same guy. (laughs) <laughs> and because you know, it was Chris Eccleson. I think it was when Tenet regenerated that I really started to feel like I when I started to realize, like, I'm more connected to this series than I like emotionally connected to the series than I thought I was. Because when Eccleson regenerated, I was like, oh, OK, they're just changing actors. It's a recast, whatever. But the emotion behind Tenet's regeneration, I was like, wow, I'm really I'm in I'm invested in this show now. And that's when I started going through Sean, as you mentioned, or I might have been you, Billy. I think it was you, Sean, that the the um the cycle of this yeah. guy, you know, because <laughs> uh, I think we all felt that way after Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we've had a number of doctors since. And one of the things I start to think about, too, is I'm looking at, you know, the the number of seasons sometimes you get so emotionally attached to these characters like David Tennant as a doctor or Matt Smith as a doctor that you don't realize they only did three seasons. Right. It feels like so much more. Um, you know, same thing with Capaldi did three seasons. Jody, uh, you know, Jody did three seasons. So it seems like it's a repetitive structure, but, Sometimes, as you mentioned in the, you know earlier, with some of these doctors, or some of these episodes, I think this was before we started recording, sometimes these episodes feel like they go on, these seasons feel like they're going on forever, and sometimes they move too quick, and it's all because mm-hmm. of the quality of the episode, which we're going to dive into. But before we do that, of course I'm going to ask you guys who your favorite doctor is, but we're going to save that question for right before we do the top five. I want to ask you guys first favorite alien or villain of the series, because you know, there's been so many, obviously you have the biggies like the Daleks fought the, the Cybermen, the weeping angels. There are so many, are there any that kind of stand out as your favorite that kind of get you excited when you know, it's going to be an episode about these characters. I'll leave it open to whoever wants to jump in first on this one.
1: Yeah, Billy, why don't you go ahead?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Man, I'm trying to think it might seem like such a cop out, but I always love the Dalek episodes. Um, I honorable mention favorite would be the little Adipose guys, the little chubby little alien. (laughs) My kid happened. One of my kids happened to see me watching that a long time ago and she thought it was super cute. So she actually has a little stuffed one and I don't know, every time I go in a room, I see it and it makes me happy, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Daleks. I like the Dalek episodes. Okay. Uh, Sean, how about you?
0: Any of that kind okay. of stand out?
1: Uh, I don't know if they'd be considered a villain necessarily, but the Sontaran character is always really, I enjoyed because they definitely walk this gray line <laughs> of helping the doctor, but they're like, <clears throat> super aggressive, and I just think the comedic kind of contrast of their characters has always been really enjoyable. Um, but I think if I had to name like my favorite villain, I think John Simms' portrayal of the Master oh. in, in the Tenant arc was absolutely amazing. The episode where he like started inhabiting all the people, taking everyone over, and like became the world—I mean, I thought that was just really creative, and I thought he portrayed it really uh, excellently. It was really great to watch
0: yeah I, I agree with you on that one uh how about companions because we've seen a number I mean I want I want to make it known to the listeners too <clears throat> yes there are 60 years of who uh, we are focusing primarily on the more modern so Eccleston from uh, from Eccleston to beyond because um, mm. we're uh, not old enough to have really watched <laughs> all of the classic who um, you know so focusing more on on the more modern who but switching again to companions, which again, as I mentioned, we've had a number of them over the course of just the modern who Uh, any companions that stand out as a favorite. Um, I I, I'll jump in first on this one as well. I'm again, it's tough because we've seen a lot of them, but I got to go with the ponds. The ponds were man, like I was just a, a favorite. I loved Amy and Rory and I was sad to see them go, but I, I loved it every second they were around Ex- Rory in particularly because he became such mo- so much more of a stronger character more and more it progressed into their story.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I would second that. I mean I thought Rory his portrayal of like kind of the the everyman character, you know pro- providing like the ordinary person's perspective in what was happening right. He wasn't a superhero didn't really have any powers or anything. And here he was married to, you know, this incredibly beautiful woman and up against, you know, in in concept, you know, competing with the doctor in a way. Um, but him and Amy's relationship was just, you know, outstanding. And the fact that she always went back to Rory and, you know, just the way he showed up for her, I thought was was really great. So, yeah, they were a great, great pair on the show.
2: Yeah. Billy, how about you? Yeah. I love the ponds too. And I guess my answer is sort of a pond. It's melody pond. Okay. river song. (laughs) I love river song. She's (laughs) uh, she it's always, she's really good with the comedic timing and just the way she says things. Um, I love that we got introduced to her before we really knew her. um, And then getting to go back and fill in all that history and then seeing her, you know, again in the future seasons, which time travel gets kind of crazy, but yeah, I'm going to go with river song.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Alex Kingston kind of knocked that 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 role out of the park. And yep. the, the 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 things that they did with that character were just so phenomenally well done. Um, you know, and we're we're gonna make mention too. If you're listening to this, obviously you're a fan, but spoilers. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about some stuff that happens over the course of the series that if you're if you've never watched before is going to be major spoilers. Yeah, but that does lead us into the major question before we go into the top five. Who is your favorite doctor? There there are a couple standouts. I mean, we've only had five so far. Maybe technically six. <laughs> uh, with a seventh on the way. Um, but where do we stand? Who, Who is your favorite doctor?
1: Um, Sean, kick it off. Yeah, I mean, maybe it sounds like a cop out, but I got to go with Tenet. I mean, like so many fans out there, I just absolutely fell in love with his portrayal of the Doctor. I've been fortunate enough to see uh, to have seen him in a few cons and just hearing his take on the fact that, like, he grew up as a kid watching and loving Doctor Who. And as an actor, being given the opportunity to portray one of his favorite characters, I think, really came through on screen. I mean, he genuinely enjoyed being there and doing what he was doing and playing that character and i think he was like the perfect balance of being incredibly funny also a little bit of charming but also having this really deep dark side that really for me embodies the history of the doctor and the you know the character and where it's been and kind of where it's come to and i just thought he he you know he did everything with that kind of grace and poise and yeah, he was just really fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned the fact that he, had, cause I've heard him speak at shows before too. I've actually had the opportunity to meet him um, once or twice at shows as well. And he hate you. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is somebody who not only did, did he grow up with that love of Dr. Who and get to actually be a part of it. He married into it <laughs> in that his father-in-law is Peter Davidson a former doctor Right, he, you know? So it's it, it, that alone right there just tells you the love that he has. Uh, yeah. For and his disease.
1: wife portrayed the doctor's daughter, the doctor's yep. daughter. Yep. And she <laughs> was do- a doctor's daughter. <laughs> so yep. the doctor married the doctor's daughter, who was really the doctor's daughter. I mean, it just, you know, makes your head <laughs> hurt, <laughs> yeah.
0: but it, but it's fun. It's, it's fun. Yeah. To absolutely. Know. Yeah, yeah. Georgia, Uh, who is his wife and uh, was Peter Davidson's daughter. And I don't think it's a cop-out either to choose Tenant. I really don't. Uh, But Billy, how about you? Who is your favorite
2: doctor? So the Tenant episodes made me fall in love with the show, but I think my favorite doctor, based on when I really started to get emotionally invested, is Matt Smith. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, I kind of binged all the way up to the beginning of his second season and then that's when things slowed down a bit and I had to you know anxiously await new episodes and something about that time frame just kind of made me fall in love with the guy and man I when when he regenerated I shed a couple tears I'm not gonna lie it was very emotional and um, we'll get into like our favorite episodes later and but he's a big part of a few of those uh, but yeah I'm gonna go with Matt Smith
0: I'm you know what? I'm I'm gonna put him in the mine. I'm gonna put him in the majority because I I go back and forth. I have been in the process of a full Doctor Who rewatch gearing up for the anniversary specials that are gonna be coming very shortly after this episode drops, as well as the new season that comes next year, uh with the new Doctor. And in my rewatch, I I I I go back and forth because Tenet is a phenomenal actor. Portraying the doctor yeah, Sean as you mentioned There's so much emotion to his Character there's a little bit of a darkness that goes With it as well that kind of adds to that But Matt Smith I think There's been I'm with you Billy like I Tenet's for generation was Sad but I I audibly sobbed During Matt Smith's um, Because Just that whole speech That he gives about you know Everybody lives multiple lives and it's what you do with them. And it's, it's like it was so poignant and moving. But even leading up to that, the humor that came with his character, the quirkiness that came with his character. I, I think I'm with you. I got to I go back and forth. But in, in this moment right now, Matt Smith's my favorite doctor. And no judgment to anybody out there who disagrees with that. I've heard people say Eccleston's their favorite doctor and they wish they got more of them. I've heard people say Jody's their favorite. I've heard people say, you know, Capaldi's their favorite. It's all a matter of how you perceive it. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just to pull on the the thread a little bit more about the regeneration thing, I know for me stepping into Dr. Who with Eccleston, Eccleston's regeneration was, um, I don't know what the word it was. It was kind of, It was almost comedic in a way like he was kind of playing it off like this is this is just what happens to a Time Lord like we we do this thing I I think he called it like this is our little trick to cheat death and he was smiling and cracking jokes throughout the whole thing and then Tenant's regeneration was completely the opposite I mean he was like you guys were saying it was super emotional and I mean his final line right the whole I don't want to go thing Mm -hmm. like on the verge of tears you know, I, I started watching this series kind of by myself, and then I sucked my wife into it, and she got into it. And, you know, we, we watched Eccleston regenerate, and then we get to Tennant's regeneration. We're both there just, like, bawling. <laughs> and she's like, what happened? Like, when Eccleston regenerated, it wasn't anything like this. And now here's Tennant. I mean, it was much more of, like, a, like a death scene versus Eccleston was just kind of like, I'm going to transform. I'm going to be a different person kind of thing, where Tennant was like, no, this is the end. I'm done. So it was I think it was that much more emotionally impactful because of the way they played it and the way they wrote the scene.
0: Yeah. When I when I talk to people and I want to introduce them to Doctor Who, because believe it or not, I actually just this week just introduced. um, So for those of you that don't know, the day that we're recording, this is actually it's actually my birthday. Um, So happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My mother was here earlier this week because we had dinner for we went out for my birthday and when she showed up to my to my house, I happened to be watching an episode of doctor who I was watching a Matt Smith episode with Amy and Rory and she walked in and she saw certain things on the screen and she's like, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> which I totally get the reaction. Cause I probably would have had the same reaction. And then I kind of explained it to her and she, I've been introducing her into more sci-fi. She's been watching the Marvel uh, series because of me. She's been, she watched Eureka, which was a sci-fi show, which she actually really enjoyed and I was like, I really think you might like Doctor Who if you kind of gave it a shot. And she's like, well, pitch it to me. So, I, you know, I kind of pitched it to her and she's like, OK, so if I start it, where should I start? And there was a part of me that kind of wanted to say, start with season two. Uh, but then I, I really thought about it. And she was like, well, why with season two? And I said, because season two was kind of or season one was kind of that introduction. It was bringing the old back and kind of transitioning it into its own voice because by season two with Tenet, it kind of who becomes a whole new thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so season one was kind of taking the quirkiness and the cheesiness of the old and bring mixing it with a little bit of the modern. So by season two, it was, you know, it was, it was a whole new element. And I think that's one of the reasons why getting back to the point with Tenet's regeneration, Compared to Eccleson's regeneration, is I think Eccleson's regeneration one was a little bitter pill because of everything that happened behind the scenes with Eccleson. Sure. Uh, you know, on his way out and why he didn't continue with the series. For those of you curious, just Google it. Um it's it too much for us to dive into. Um, and I think the quickness or the kind of jokiness of that regeneration into Tenet was kind of like they wanted they didn't have enough time to put the emotional elements behind it. Like they did with tenant. You know, it's one season compared to three. It was more used as an element to introduce new viewers to what a regeneration is. Mm. So that by the time tenant came around, we were now invested and in the, the writers were okay. Now we can play with the heartstrings a little bit in this regeneration. So at least that's my opinion. That's how I kind of look at things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think too like tenant or sorry, Eccleston's season, there were some really fantastic episodes, and there were some really tough episodes to get through. Um, production value was not the best. You had some super campy kind of sequences and stuff, which I know was all kind of a throwback to the the classic who. But I think for a lot of folks, it's important to remember that the reason season two, when tenant season really kind of took off all that extra money that got invested in the the show was a direct result of the work that Eccleston did, you know, mm-hmm. the audience he brought in the viewership, the show just kind of like took off, you know, in spite of itself. And that really enabled it to be successful going forward. So,
0: yeah, I think it almost took off at certain points to, I hate saying this, but I feel like there was a certain point where I, I felt like I was going and Sean, you in particular, this is not a slight on you whatsoever. Cause I know you're a true fan, I, th- it felt like there was a point where I was going to conventions and I was working conventions and 80% of the cosplay was some kind of Doctor Who cosplay. It was either Tenet or it was Matt Smith or it was a doctor. It was Rose Tyler. It was some kind of Doctor Who cosplay. And it was all young adults. It was all like 13 through 15, 16 year olds. And I felt like if you went up to half of them and ask them, what's who's who is that? Oh, tell me something about that character they couldn't tell you. Like, it became mm. a little too... Doctor Who became a little too trendy at one point, if that makes sure. sense.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think us living in the States, we I, I don't know that we really get the total perspective of just, like, what Doctor Who means to the rest of the world. Like, I always kind of liken it to, you know, what football is in Europe. Like, Doctor Hugh is, Doctor Who is huge in Europe. It's pretty big in America, but it's huge in Europe. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, you get that. And I I would say as far as the cosplay goes, I think a lot of it just stems back to majority of the costumes in Doctor Who. Like the characters are called like everyday wear. Like if you look at like take Amy Pond as an example, she wears a lot of regular call it street clothes, you know, leather jackets, skirts, whatever. Um, It's got a signature look, but it's not like a super elaborate like an armored costume, like a knight or a stormtrooper or something that's super complicated. So I think it's attractive to a lot of cosplayers from that respect and that you could go to like your local Goodwill and grab all the parts off the shelf to like throw together an Amy pond or, or Rory or whatever character you're looking to do. So I think that's probably part of the attraction. And then you add, add to that, that, it's an actual like comfortable cosplay costume to wear. So if you're at a con yeah. all day, you're on your feet, you're not super hot, you know, wearing a helmet or anything super complicated. You get to walk around in like regular shoes and regular clothes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Uh, Billy, have you ever cosplayed any Doctor Who?
2: Yeah, my uh, a few years ago, my daughter and I did some Doctor Who cosplay. I was the Tom Baker fourth doctor with the trench coat and the hat. And uh, <laughs> she was Osgood. We had the little lab coat on her. She was only eight at the time
1: (laughs) That's amazing
2: had the we had sort of matching scarves my wife the our comic con our big comic con in kansas city is every march and the christmas beforehand that year my wife uh knitted me a a 14 foot long tom baker doctor who scarf and i was just chomping at the bit to get to wear it to a convention and (laughs) and then we kind of made my daughter match and it was it was super cute and a lot of fun and that was a cool convention because I got to meet Billy Piper and take a photo with her in my Doctor Who outfit and as well as um, Catherine Tate, Donna Noble. And that was that was a fun convention.
0: <laughs> I have. Yeah, it's it's funny. You, you talk about getting to meet, you know, Billy Piper. I, I'm, I'm actually looking at it as we're recording. I have two pictures on my wall. Uh, one of them is with Karen Gillan. Uh, and the other one is with Matt Smith. And the one with Matt Smith is actually one of my favorites because it's him and I back to back both holding sonic screwdrivers. Yeah. So, and it's like, yeah, it's one of my, my favorite, I don't get, I don't really buy the photo ops at cons anymore. Cause I don't really have to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I usually get to meet them backstage and take the candid photos with them. But that is one of my favorite photo ops I ever paid for.
2: It's funny. I'm, one I'm one. jealous. I've met a ton of companions. So. No doctors, should, no doctors, no doctors yet. I've met, you know, Captain Jack Harkness and uh, Amy and Rory and, uh, Clara and uh, Catherine Tate, uh, Donna and uh, Rose. and But no, no doctors. And I'm so jealous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll get your day. Your, your day will come. All right. I think that takes us into the meat of the conversation then talking about, you know, our favorite companions and such. We need to talk about our top five favorite episodes of the series. Uh, again, we are talking about the modern who. So this is anything from Christopher Eccleston on And uh, just a reminder, again, there will be spoilers as we will be discussing these episodes a little bit. So you're bound to hear something. Uh, So if you haven't watched, uh, apologies ahead of time for those spoilers. But that being said, we're going to go from five to one revealing. Uh, And as always, if you're a new listener to the podcast or you just need to be reminded, Neither Billy, Sean, or myself know what any of our top fives are. We have not revealed them to each other ahead of time. So we will be learning our top fives as we go along. That being said, starting off, number five of our top five. Hmm. Billy, why don't you kick us off? What is your number five?
2: All right. It's funny. There's so many episodes. (laughs) I'm going to say five of them, and I probably could have said five different ones and also mint it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, my number five on this list, as it stands right now, was New Who season four, episode eight, and it's Silence in the Library. That's a good one. And for me, I love that one. I mentioned earlier, I just really love River Song. And this is when we meet her for the first time with no history. We don't know who she is yet. Um, We get that iconic you know creepy shadow creature in the astronaut suit <laughs> and um yeah just visually it's an awesome episode and getting to meet river you know without really knowing how important she is i i probably the later episodes made me appreciate this particular one more uh because of we get to know her and um all that stuff but yeah, that's that's my number five silence in the library.
0: And that's a that's a two parter as well. Uh, in that uh, forest of the dead is the second part
2: yeah. of of that episode. So you could even
0: include that into it as well. Yeah. But yeah, that was a that was a great episode. That was a uh, that was a Donna Noble episode. Yeah, as a good, yep. and no Yeah, tenant and Donna. That was the hey, who turned out the lights? Yeah, <laughs> episode. So no, I'll give you that one. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, that was um. That was in when I was putting together the master list of like 20 different episodes to choose from that was in there. That was a potential for me as well. Same. Uh, So Sean, how about you? What is your number five?
1: Sure. So I'll kind of caveat. This was, you know, when I went through and I made my list, um, probably no surprise that my top five were all tenant episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So I was trying to diversify it a little bit. And, um, I really love Jodie Whittaker as an actress. I mean, like if you haven't watched Broadchurch, you can really watch her flex her acting chops on that show. And I think in some ways she was done a disservice in some of the writing during her, her stint as the doctor. So uh, my f- fifth favorite episode that I listed was out of one of her seasons. It was season 12, episode five, which was the fugitive of Jadoon. And the reason I picked that one was that was the introduction of the fugitive doctor, Along with Captain Jack, so if if you've never seen um, John Barrowman at a convention, he is. <laughs> I, I kind of view him. He's like my op, like polar opposite. Like I'm very much an introverted, conservative <laughs> person. Barrowman is like the you know, exemplary extrovert. And I really envy that about him. I mean, he's just so enjoyable to see. And the way he interacts with the fans was really great. But um, I really love the concept of the fugitive doctor that they introduced in that. In that as long as Doctor Who's been on, we're still learning new things about the history of the character. And even from the character's perspective, they're learning new things about themselves that they didn't know. So maybe in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't like a top five ish, but I think in Jody's stint to me, that was like one of the more intriguing episodes that they did.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and the great thing about these top five episodes too, is that we're not choosing episodes that we think are like the top five grade, like in our opinions are like the top five greatest episodes of all time. We're choosing episodes that are more meaningful to us. Ones that we enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you're right. We, the episodes that we choose like that one, it, it's, it it might not necessarily be listed in some of the greatest episodes of all time, but they stuck out to us for some reason.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: and I'm with you. I, I really enjoyed Jody as a, as a doctor as well. And I tried, I'm exactly with you. I looked at my first initial list. I was like, these are all the same doctor. Like, I, <laughs> I need to shake this up a little bit. So I tried my best as well to kind of diversify the list. So with that said, my number five is actually a Peter Capaldi episode. And it is one that I felt was just really excellent. And the the way it was done, uh, it is a season eight, episode four. It's an oh, no, I'm sorry. Wrong one. Uh, Season nine, episode 11, an episode called Heaven Sent. And if you if you need to be reminded, this is the episode where it is just Peter Capaldi. It is him there. There's a there's a small scene with Jenna. Um, coming back as clara but this is a moment after clara had has her story has ended he is dealing with this and this is the episode where he is in that kind of tower that is constantly changing and rotating and by the end of it you realize it is him just living a loop for billions of years until he can break through a wall to escape and i just thought this was dark and the the performance of Capaldi to be able to tell such a captivating story in an episode by himself, I mm-hmm. thought was just incredibly well done. So that's why it stands out, and that's why it is in my, uh, my top five. That said, moving on, number four on your list. Billy, what you got?
2: All right, so number four, it was one of the... Specials, one of the Christmas specials, and it's with Peter Capaldi. It was the episode called "Twice Upon a Time," and it's the one that opens up with the first Doctor, played by. Oh, why am I drawing a blank on the actor's name from Harry Potter and? Uh,
0: oh, oh John, oh, John Hurt. No, no, no. no uh, oh, I was going to say you said from Harry Potter.
2: He played Filch, the groundskeeper, the guy that played the first Doctor in oh,
0: the. Oh, oh, um. Yeah, I can't remember the actors. That's my bad, guys. Um, no, it's totally fine. I've, I'm blanking on the actor's name, too.
2: But it opens up with the first Doctor, and then, you know, eventually meets up with Peter Capaldi's Doctor, and they're both kind of going through a little bit of an existential crisis in their own rights. And Sorry,
1: David Bradley. David Bradley, yes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> my, Google, my Google Foo wasn't fast enough. <laughs> yeah.
2: <clears throat> but yeah, just... Any, any of the episodes where a newer doctor and an older doctor encounter, those are, well, not spoiler, but not spoiler. You're going to see that I like a lot of those episodes. Um, yeah. But, same. yeah, the, just getting to see the first doctor and then at the time the latest doctor worked together was such a cool thing to me. And, you know, they're not supposed to cross their own timelines, but they do it all the time. And <laughs> uh,
0: they do it constantly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my number four. Getting to see that interaction was just really cool to me.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I agree. I didn't have this in my top five, but it was definitely on the list and, and kind of dropped down a little bit. But yeah, the, the contrast of seeing like the modern doctor, especially with like the first doctor yeah. and the way they brought him back and, you know, had David Bradley portray him, I thought was really well done and super entertaining to watch. And yeah. this is also the episode that at the end
2: stuff goes down and he regenerates into Jody Whittaker's doctor and we get introduced to her and that one kind of shook the world, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was a big one for me.
0: I yeah. And I'm with you. I, I, kind of agree. The whole David Bradley casting as the first doctor I thought was pretty brilliant because the resemblance is, is really uncanny. Eerie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Eerie is a better word. For it. <laughs> it's, it's incredibly close.
2: And they had a few months before or something like that. They'd, did that documentary where he played the actor that was portraying the first doctor in this documentary or docu series type thing. And, um, and you kind of see the reasoning they decided to go with a regeneration theme and it had to do with the actor's mental health in the real world. Um, But then they went back and got David Bradley to actually play the first doctor in an actual episode. And I thought that was super cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Sean, how about you? Number four.
1: Uh, yeah, so number four is uh, an episode from Tenet's Tenure. Uh, season four, episode one, uh, Partners in Crime. This is, I think uh, Billy brought it up before, this is the Adipose episode. Um, I just really love this episode. It, for me, it was one of the, <clears throat> I'll say a few kind of really like truly episodic Episodes of the show where it was kind of standalone on its own, where it wasn't like part of a huge arc, except where Donna Noble returned. So, you know, the doctor and Donna had done their journey. They kind of separated. And that um, reunion scene where the doctor's like popping up behind the window and Donna's behind the door and they see each (laughs) other. They make eye contact and they're like mouthing the words. Um, I I don't know that I laughed that hard at a doctor who episode before but the two of them playing off each other and you get totally sucked into their exchange and then it's immediately broken by you know um the villain character who's like are you two done yet yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and it was just like as an as an observer of the show you get pulled into th- that exchange And then you immediately get jarred out of it like, oh, yeah, there's like really serious stuff going on right now. And so that that scene to me was like out of all of Doctor Who, that that scene stands out to me definitely in the top five just by itself. But the episode on the whole, I thought was just generally enjoyable. (laughs) I thought it was a really funny play on, um, you know, the general struggle with weight gain and what people do to try to lose weight and just how crazy some of the things are that people will will try and the way they took that concept and made it into a Doctor Who episode, I thought was really well done.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. And I'm with you on that, Don, the whole Dr. Donna Noble uh, scene as well. That's another scene that makes me laugh every time I watch it. And it, it's funny watching the interaction between the two of them. But then you it, the absolute like punchline of that scene is when, as you mentioned, you realize the villain has been watching this whole thing. Yeah. Play out the whole time. And they just didn't even realize it because they were so engaged with each other. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a special for mine as well. Uh, my number four is I'm actually going with the 50th anniversary special, the day of the doctor. I thought this was such a monumental episode. And so, you know, talk about crossing their own timelines. (laughs) This is like the, to the nth degree of crossing their own timelines because you have not one, not two, but three doctors as the main focus of the story until the end of the episode, where you have 14 doctors all together, coming together for a major plot. And this was a special that they did, as I mentioned, for the 50th anniversary. This was one of two, the second being uh, the time of the doctor, which was Matt Smith's final episode, which aired after this. And I believe was the Christmas episode of this particular season. But just seeing Tenet return, seeing him and Matt Smith come together, their chemistry was absolutely fantastic together. And John Hurt, man, was just getting that introduction to to the war doctor, finding out that there was, you know, learning as fans that there was another iteration of the doctor because we were always led to believe that, you know, it went from one to the other and there was none in between. Of, the, of this particular one. I'm trying to remember. Who was the, who was the eighth doctor? Paul McGann. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We, we were always led to believe that it went from Paul McGann to Chris Eccleston. Finding out that's not the case. John Hurt was in between as the war doctor. And it was really great storytelling. It was a great way to celebrate the 50 years of that show. And knowing how good that special was makes me incredibly excited for the specials they're going to give us for the 60th. Because they're giving us three. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fantastic.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and, and as someone who jumped into Doctor Who, starting with Eccleston, I, I think that was the first time they had the two Doctors together, like, on screen again. And being a tenant fan, like... I, I always joke with people whenever they get to the end of one of the actor's runs and they're like, oh, they're about to announce the new doctor. I always joke like, oh, I hope it's David Tennant. So when they <laughs> announced that David Tennant was coming back for the 50th, I was like, oh, this is going to be nuts. And uh, yeah, I thought say, similarly, I thought the contrast between him and Smith was great. I mean, this the scenes where they're like showing off their sonic screwdrivers <laughs> to one another and the li- just the little jokes about, you know, timey me, like, where does he get stuff like that? I mean, it was just, I, I thought it was really entertaining the way, there was a little self de- self-deprecation there, but it was all kind of in good fun. And then, yeah, I mean, the late legendary John Hurt's portrayal of the War Doctor, just absolutely phenomenal and brought, I don't know, such a seriousness to, like, the Doctor's backstory. Like, we kind of all went along and heard This is what the doctor's been through. These are the tough decisions that they've had to make. This is the burden they carry. And the fact that they put all of that weight on John Hurt's shoulders and he carried it so well and portrayed it so well as an actor. It was just phenomenal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was such incredible storytelling in the the sense that, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier about how, you know, you talk about. But, uh, you know, Jody Whittaker and how we learn as fans about the doctor as we progress, we, we still learn more and more. And even the doctor themselves learns more and more about themselves as they go. This was a really special moment because we had always known that the doctor was the one that had destroyed his own people. He was the last of his kind because of himself, only to realize now by the end that that wasn't the case. Gallifrey still exists. And that gets explored later, you know, into Capaldi season and everything. We actually get to see Gallifrey. We get to see more of more of the Time Lords. And that's all because of that 50th anniversary special kind of really opened up so much more storytelling that was about to come, you know, through Capaldi, who was about to regenerate. And they even gave us a tease of Capaldi in that episode. They showed us his (laughs) eyes. Yep. Because they were like, oh, there's three of them. No, 14. And then they show us Capaldi's eyes. Yeah. Which was nice.
2: I remember we had a watch party at our house with some friends who also love the show. And when that moment happened and you just see the eyes, we all were like, ah, we all screamed. It was awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I remember they made a huge deal about the announcing of the next Doctor. When Matt Smith was leaving and Capaldi was getting announced, like they were having, because I think it was happening right around the the fiftieth anniversary, so they were making it was a it was a big deal, and I remember watching live, like waiting for the announcement and everything. And I I don't feel like they do that anymore. They don't put as much popular in yeah. circumstance into it, <laughs> but it was still fun when it was there. Yeah. yeah. All right, into our top three, Billy number three.
2: All right. Number three, this was sort of mentioned earlier in some of our talks when we started, but I'm going to go with the end of time parts one and two as my number three. Um, As was mentioned earlier, John Simms portrayal as the master is top tier master. It was it was so good. He was very, you know, he looks like an every every man's man, but he's pure evil (laughs) and um, just kind of. Am I wrong thinking this, is this the first time we get the master in Doctor Who and the New Who? I, I
0: think so. I think it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is like our big introduction to this character that's come back many, many times, even though, you know, he's dead, but like, nope, he's not dead. <laughs> um, but yeah. Getting, getting to meet this character was awesome. And um, I believe this was still, these were Donna Noble episodes, right?
0: The, yeah. Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah they, they were Donna Noble episodes, and I'll even say because I remember posting this on Facebook as I was in the middle of my rewatch, uh, it made me really wish that we got Doctor and Wilfred episodes. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because Wilfred was a huge part of the end of time. Yeah, and it made me wish we had a little bit of a run seeing Wilfred as the companion for a little bit.
2: Yep. Yeah. And also, this one holds some weight for me because this is when at the end of part two, this is the very sad, you know, I don't want to go scene, <laughs> and David Tennant regenerates into who became my favorite Dr. Matt Smith. And it's a very emotional from start to finish <sighs> episode.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, seeing him kind of make the, make the rounds after he knows he's a, he's going to regenerate, see him go back and make the rounds and revisit Rose, yep. you know, revisit Martha and, and everybody just, you know, kind of like his, His final silent goodbyes was just, you're right. There's just so much emotion to that. I don't want to take away the fact when, you know, when I mentioned how much more I felt Matt Smith's departure was than Tenet's. I don't want that to mean or take away anything from Tenet's departure. It's incredibly emotional. Is this,
2: is this also the episode when, when he's going back and revisiting everyone, when he runs into Captain Jack and he says something about the face of Bo, they used to call me. Or something like that. Is, is that when we learn that he's the face of Bo, or is that a different episode? No, that's, no, him, gonna...
0: and, that's him and Martha.
2: Okay, I, cu- I couldn't remember. I could not remember, but no. that was another cool moment that I was rattling <clears throat> around in the back of my head. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, st- I remember that moment
0: when, you know, Captain Jack says that about, you know, the face of Bo, they called me, and, like, him and Martha just kind of giving each other that look like, oh, something even the doctor <laughs> didn't know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, um, I, I definitely, I had this episode on my honorable mentions because I think it was just uh, a fantastic, you know, two-parter. Um, th- the thing that really sh- uh, struck struck me with this one was, in all the chaos that was going on at the very end of it, the thing that ultimately, whatever you want to call it, killed the Doctor, or caused, you know, Ten to regenerate, was his sacrifice to save Wilfred. Yep. I mean, all the stuff going on with the master and trying to save the world, like somehow he navigated that whole thing. <laughs> and I don't want to say got out of it unscathed because he didn't, his suit was all ripped up and, you know, he was all scratched up and bloody and stuff. But the thing that ultimately caused him to have to regenerate was a sacrifice to save Wilfred. And to me, it was just like, you, you go through that kind of climax of the story and then you're kind of coming down a little bit. You're like, Oh, he he kind of got through it. And then that, that scene happens and you're like, You hear the knock on the glass. (laughs) I mean, I still get choked up just thinking about it, but you hear the knock on the glass and like he and Tennant does that whole monologue, which to me always struck me as it was like a balance of how unimportant, you know, Wilford was as a human and that, you know, as the doctor, he could have gone on to do so much more and save so many more people and done all these great things. And then the way he turned it around and was like, "No, this is my honor to do this to save you." I mean, it was just like, "Yeah, just get the tissues, emotional roller coaster yeah. to the max, kind of thing." So, you yeah, get me a little I, choked up right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, you're making me go back on whether or not Matt Smith or David Tennant's departure was more emotional. Because you're right, I feel like the the Wilfred element of Tennant's departure was the biggest emotional draw of that. Yeah. Uh, You know, one of the one of the challenges of the doctor throughout his entire existence, you know, as we watch is that he has a hard time when he's not able to save people. He struggles with that. Yeah. You know, when 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 he has to lose people along the way, whether it's a companion or just somebody random people he met along the way, he wishes he could save everyone and he can't and he struggles when he can't do it. So for him to make that sacrifice to save one. Yeah, it held it. It held a lot. Yeah. It held a, a lot of poignancy to it. So I really hope we get to see Bernard Cribbins in in these anniversary specials in some way, shape or form. I don't know if we will, because uh, I know he did. He did pass, I think, mm. last year, last year, I think. I can't remember, um, but I hope we get to see Wilfred again in some way. For sure. Um. Who was that? That was Billy, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I lost track because that is it. That is in my honorable mentions as well. I'll mention that too. Uh, So, Sean, how about you? Number three.
1: Yeah. So, number three is actually a Matt Smith episode, if you can believe that. Um, (laughs) For me, again, this goes back to one of those like, I don't know if it was in the Doctor Who, like, you know, top episode list, but it was definitely one that jumped out at me. And that was uh, season five, episode 10. Vincent and the Doctor, where uh, the Doctor and Amy travel back in time and they meet the artist Vincent Van Gogh. Um, This one kind of jumped out at me because, one, it was one of those instances where the Doctor's path crosses with a famous historical figure, which to me was always really interesting and entertaining. Uh, But the way that Van Gogh was portrayed as struggling with his mental health and that, that that was really the impetus for a lot of his artwork Um, especially in today's world where, you know, we're, we're facing this, you know, mental health crisis Mm -hmm. to look back on one of the world's most historical figures, Mm -hmm. one of the world's most famous artists and understand Mm -hmm. that a lot of that was a result of the mental struggles he had um, really resonates with me in today's world. And then the end up the end scene where the doctor takes Vincent van Gogh to the present day, and takes him to the museum and asks the curator like what do you think of Vincent Van Gogh and he like lays out about how he was like the most talented artist in the you know history of art and all this stuff and you know the tear going down Van Gogh's cheek I mean it was just an emotionally touching scene and I thought it was really just kind of speaks volumes to the doctor's core character which like Ben was saying before he's always trying to help people and that help comes in a lot of different forms sometimes it's saving the world it's defeating the daleks and other times it's making someone understand how important they actually were when they thought they weren't important at all mm-hmm. and that i mean I, th- I thought that that episode was beautifully done
0: yeah. okay yeah I'll, i'm with you on that one but, um i i feel like uh, you know see, seeing bill Nye being brought into the the world of doctor who was fantastic as the curator uh tony curran knocked it out of the park as as van gogh i mean i was it was so such a believable portrayal to me as well but yeah seeing him cross paths with somebody from history was just a great experience so uh so for my number three i'm actually going with a matt smith episode as well and it is a two-parter i am going with uh season five episodes 12 and 13 the pandorica opens and the big bang uh, this is really, you know, we. I talked a little bit about how the Ponds being my favorite companions, and that includes Melody Pond in that as well. The whole River Song storyline with Amy and the Doctor and, and and Rory and Melody was so convoluted, but not in a <laughs> bad way. Like, it was not convoluted in a bad way at all. It was convoluted that just made it incredibly intriguing to know that melody river song was melody pond aka amy and rory's daughter aka the doctor's wife like there's so much that happens to the point where you like to see it all kind of come together into this amazing two-part episode and you know finding out like You know, time is existing all at once because they tried to fix a, a they tried to change a fixed point in time. You're led to believe this entire season throughout, you know, season five, that by the end of this season, the doctor dies because that's what you see in the beginning. You know, as a fan, you hope as a fan, that's not the case. They're going to find a way to fix it. And then they lead you to believe that fixing it just, destroys the universe until you get that incredibly clever twist that he was in the Tesselector, a doctor wearing a doctor suit. (laughs) And that was his way of kind of getting away from it while making the world believe he was gone because he needed to kind of, as he says, he needed to fly under the radar. He got a little too loud. And I thought that was one Excellent storytelling, but two, a great way to kind of ground the series a little bit. They were doing these big bombastic stories, which worked, but now they could kind of pull back a little bit by the way they ended that going into the future season, uh, going into season six with uh, with uh, with Matt Smith and, uh, and Amy and Rory. So that two part episode is just one that stands out to me as one of my favorites, especially the end. And... It is really, this is another thing I explained to my mom when I was trying to pitch her on the series. I told her, I was like, yeah, I was like, nobody knows the doctor's name. And she's like, oh, she's like, nobody. I was like, well, his wife knows his name. I was like, but that's about it. She's like, oh, they've never like, but the fans know it. I'm like, no, the fans don't even know the doctor's (laughs) name. At least I don't think we, I don't think it's ever been revealed to the fans. Right. It's still a mystery. Right. And she's like, oh, she's like, so the title of the show is actually a question. I was like, yeah, the title of the show is actually a question because that's the question that's asked at the end of that episode is Doctor Who. And that's what we get. So So I felt like I was a long description as to why that episode (laughs) was in my top three. (laughs) All right. That brings us into top two favorite episodes. This is where it's going to start to get interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we might overlap with some. We might not. I don't know. Uh, but
2: Billy, what do you got? Number two. Okay, my number two. Here's where we begin to overlap a bit. <laughs> um, it is Sean's number three. It's Vincent and the Doctor. Uh, all the reasons he said, I want to echo them. But yeah, just getting to see. I feel like this is my reasoning for a lot of the episodes, but it was such an emotional gut punch at the end and kind of like Sean said, he's not always just saving literal universes and worlds. He's 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 saving people and their mental state and their, their own well being and making them see their own value. And that's kind of what he did. And it was like another, you know, a double gut punch when you go back and find that, well, the whole time you're wondering like, is he going to change history? But no, that, you know, his life still ended the way it ended. And it was just such an emotional episode and, I won't say too much more because it's already been said, but that's my number two, the, the Vincent and the doctor episode.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Sean, how about you? Number two?
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with season four episode two, which is the fires of Pompeii similar to the, the Vincent and the doctor episode, you know, the doctor crossing paths with a huge historical event was really intriguing. Uh, But this is kind of where you get, you know, one of the doctor's rules about how he doesn't like to influence time or that there's fixed moments in the timeline that he can't really change. Um, But I thought what was really great about this episode where, you know, this is where he's with Donna and Donna as kind of the observer really pushes his pushes him to his limits. And she really forces him to do something like recognizing he can't stop the eruption and save all of Pompeii, you know, she, she utters the phrase, just save someone, like do something. And that's where the doctor kind of makes the play and he saves a family, uh, which interestingly, interestingly enough, the father of the family is paid, uh, played by Peter Capaldi, who, um, I thought was really cool how they kind of played that a little bit when Capaldi regenerated. I think he said something to the effect of like, you know, a lot of times I, I regenerate into a face I've seen before, you know, kind I forget exactly what the words were, but they, they definitely kind of pulled that thread, you know, through uh, Capaldi's regeneration. (laughs) But not only do you get Peter Capaldi in that episode, but also Karen Gillan is one of Mm -hmm. the, the uh, kind of uh, background actors who she obviously comes back as one of Matt Smith's companions. So it was really, you know, at the time, obviously no one knew that they were going to be back on the show, but to go back and like do a rewatch or like see them again, for the first time in a way was was uh, really exciting. But for me, the episode was just um, it's great interplay between the doctor and Donna. and again, do- Donna really challenging the doctor's value system and forcing him to make a choice that he probably wouldn't have made if he was there by himself. But in a way, I think um, makes him, you know quote unquote, a better doctor and that he actually chose to do something, have an impact and save someone's life in one of like the most tragic historical events. So, yeah, Yeah. that was mine. The fires of Pompeii.
0: I thought it would have been interesting, too, had they actually maybe at some point while Amy was the companion kind of played around with it, similar to the way they did with Capaldi. uh, Once Capaldi became the doctor, you know, just have Amy nonchalantly say like, oh, yeah. And this one time I went undercover in Pompeii, you know, just to kind of make it (laughs) seem like, you know, like, oh, that's a nice little kind (laughs) of throwback that they did for fun. Uh, But I'm just going to go right into my number two, because believe it or not, my number two is also. The Fires of Pompeii.
1: Yes, (laughs) it is.
0: I it took me a second watch upon first watch of Doctor Who. I was not really sold on Donna. Donna was kind of like towards the bottom of my favorite companion because we were just getting off of Rose as well. Rose and Martha, Mm. Um, you know, so I, I was so still attached to Rose as a companion because she was such a phenomenal companion that I enjoyed Martha, but Donna was just a little too over the top for me. And then upon the second watch of Doctor Who, the first rewatch, I got to the fires of Pompeii and I really realized how important and how strong of a character Donna Noble really is. Um, That episode is what really sold me on Donna to the point where I really enjoyed her more and more as I began, as I progressed through the rewatch. So, you know, similar to everything that you had said, too, about crossing paths and not wanting to change history and Donna kind of making the doctor a better person and forcing him to save somebody. I share all those sentiments. But at the same time, this is the episode that really sold me on Donna and hmm. really made me a fan of Donna Noble and not only Donna Noble, but Catherine Tate.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: You know, because it was a great performance by Catherine Tate as well.
1: Yeah. In that. Episode. Absolutely. I mean, I I think across the board, all the companions, you know, had their, their kind of ups and downs, puts and takes, whatever you want to call it. I I think for me, where I really enjoyed Donna was Donna was kind of like the down to earth, you know, every person kind of observer. Like she's the regular, like Rose was kind of like got sucked into the doctor's, you know, river and no pun intended and kind of like evolved into. she became a very uh crucial uh person in the doctor's journey in what he was doing and and very similar martha was kind of the same way she got pulled in as you know a companion and then eventually had like this huge role like donna to me was just and i don't mean to downplay but i think her attraction to me was like she was a regular person she doesn't have any superpowers but like she doesn't take any... I don't know. Do you curse on your podcast? No, yeah. She doesn't take take any shit from anybody, even the doctor. I mean, there's all those (laughs) exchanges between them where, like, the doctor says... I forget what episode it is, but he makes it... He says something like, I'm just looking for a mate. She's like, I'm not going to mate with you, spaceman. (laughs) And, like, just the way she ribs on him and, like, it's not disrespect. It's just, like, she doesn't... um, She doesn't look at the doctor as being, like, this super important you know i'm the savior savior of the world kind of person she just views him as being he's another guy off the street he's like you know living his life i'm living my life and i'm going to tell you what i think regardless of how important you think you are of yourself and that's that's what i always loved about donna's characters she called everyone on all their bullshit mm-hmm. and i loved it
0: <laughs> oh she i mean the number of times that she grounded the doctor like every time he felt he was high and mighty and she just pulled him right back. Like it was <laughs> yeah. it was so brilliantly done. Catherine Tate did a phenomenal performance. And I'm really excited to see because her her character does end in somewhat of a tragic way. It, it mm. I Her character's story ends in some. I don't want to say her character ends because she's still alive. Mm. Um, we're going to see her in the anniversary specials. But. Uh, You know, the way her the way her story ends is kind of sadly tragic a little bit, you know, that she's not going to remember any of it. And if she does, it could kill her.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm anxious to see how they play with that in this anniversary special. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
0: I am. I am, too. I'm very curious how they're going to play with it.
1: And and I saw Catherine Tate came to, to Denver a few years ago. And the thing I love about Catherine Tate as an actress is, you know, the Doctor Who fandom is very strong and devoted and emotionally invested. And a lot of the questions that Doctor Who actors get are very in-depth, like, you know, season four, episode eight, you said this, and then the Doctor said that, and that didn't make sense because three (laughs) episodes ago you said this. Like, Catherine Tate is not, swept into any of that and she just totally <laughs> plays it off like somebody asked her a question and she's like oh dear i don't remember any of that and she like gave the person a hug and like went right on to the next question so <laughs> it's just it's hilarious to watch her i mean she's just she's such a strong comedic presence um but the way she embraces and loves the doctor who fandom but also like doesn't take it too seriously yeah i, I really enjoy yeah,
0: I actually like I to the point where like I was I was starting to appreciate Donna Noble and Catherine Tate to the point where once she joined the cast of The Office in the final seasons, I was actually really excited for it. (laughs) And she's a great addition. She's a great addition to the cast in the end of the
1: uh, for the end of the series. Yeah. And the scene that really sticks out to me, I forget what episode it's in, but Donna goes on a little bit of a tirade about how I'm not this super important person but you know i'm donna noble and i'm you know this is me and the doctor's just kind of standing next to her and he kind of makes this little smirk like recognizing she's just a human she's not again she's not a superhuman she doesn't have any powers but she's a super strong person and uh, you know that uh, again as an observer of the show like seeing the the show through donna's eyes i thought that was just a great scene
0: and I'll, I'll add this, too, and then I'll, we'll kind of wrap up and we'll go into our number ones. The other thing I really I really learned to appreciate about Donna Noble as a companion from not just from this episode, but from future episodes, too, is, you know, with with the doctor and Rose, there started to become like a romantic connection between the two of them with the doctor and Martha. There was, you know feelings developing on Martha's end not necessarily the doctors yeah but
1: definitely between, a little bit of tension
0: a little bit of the tension there but between the doctor and Donna <laughs> there was nothing
1: yeah in a way i mean like their relationship was platonic but i also thought their di- their dynamic was almost like an old married couple yeah. like <laughs> mm-hmm. they were yeah. constantly giving each other crap like you know i'm not taking your crap you're not going to take my crap and back and forth but yeah for sure yeah i th- yeah i thought that was <laughs> i thought that was fantastic
0: all right that leads us into our number one picks for our top five favorite episodes,
1: Billy, number one. It's a shame that two of us have to be wrong, but
2: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So, um, just like my number two, my number one has already been mentioned. It is a very special episode. The day of the doctor. Okay. That one is just so fun to me. And, and again, yeah, I can't say something that's hasn't already been said, but just getting to see the interactions between Matt Smith and David Tennant and the banter they had, getting to see characters we've been recently getting to know, interact with both of them. And then, like you said, at the end, getting to see all the doctors plus the new one that we haven't even been introduced to yet. Um, it was just such a fun episode. And it's the only episode, well, I shouldn't say only, there's been a few it is. I should say it's it's the episode I've watched the most. I went back and watched that episode so many times just because of how good it made me feel. Um, but yeah, the day of the doctor, that's my number one.
0: I actually rewatched that episode this past week. And, you know, you talk about the great banter between the two of those between Tenet and Smith. Like one of my favorite scenes in that is where they both put on glasses and then they turn and they look at each other and they're like, oh, like because they're just admiring <laughs> each other's glasses. It's it's just so playful and it's just, it's so much fun. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I love that episode.
1: If I do have one criticism of that episode, and this is coming from a 10th doctor cosplayer. I don't know who did David Tennant's hair for that episode, <laughs> but I hope they got fired because it, to me, Tennant's hair was like a key element of his character. And I don't know what they were thinking with his hair in that episode, but it wasn't like the 10th doctor to me but it was still it, a great episode. Nonetheless, It more.
0: felt a little, I'm actually going to agree with you. It felt a little flat.
1: No pun intended. It was flat. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it, yeah. It, it was a little flat. I mean, I, yeah. I agree with you. So oh, and I want to know. F-
1: I
2: forgot to mention my favorite classic doctor is Tom Baker. And then at the end we get the curator of the museum who is played by Tom Baker. And there's that whole mystery of, what the heck's going on here? And he makes the comment, you know, who knows? And he touches his nose. And it's like, is this him? Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he makes the comment about maybe revisit some old faces. And, and then of course his next regeneration is Peter Capaldi, who is a face we've seen before. And, and then now we're getting David Tennant back. So this whole idea of he can, he can take on an old face again. And, but that, yeah, I just, when I saw Tom Baker, that was probably my, other than the whole all the doctors working together moment and you think the episode's over. Then you get that whole thing. I remember, again, having a watch party with friends and we all were like, <laughs> what the heck? That's Tom Baker. But yeah, that was and pretty I, and, cool, too.
0: And I and I do like the fact, too, as well, that it's, you know, it's one of those things you talk about, you know, seeing Tom Baker and playing with the whole I, like I was I was behind on the the Jody seasons. I was um. You know, I wasn't caught up, but I still made sure to watch the end because I wanted to see the regeneration into the new doctor. And then we get the whole blown mind surprise that it's David Tennant again. And I like I was like, well, is this going to be like another situation like the war doctor where this is an in-between? And the writers have come out and confirmed like, no, he is the 14th doctor. Yep. And the new doctor is going to be the 15th doctor. So I'm I love that 10 years ago they were playing with the re- re- revisiting old faces. Oh yeah. And I kind of wonder if they knew they were going to do it or if this was just something they just decided to go with within the past couple of years. I don't know. We uh we shall see. Sean your number 1
1: <laughs> episode. Yeah so no surprise, it's a David Tennant episode, uh, season three, episode ten. Blink, of course. So someone uh, had
0: to choose it as their number one.
1: Yeah, this um, I think so, Ben, you were talking about, you know, introducing people to people to Doctor Who. When people ask me, uh, you know, I'm kind of interested in Doctor Who. Like, what should I watch? Uh, say, if you're going to casually just like try to dip your toe into it, I always uh, reprimand. i uh, sorry, recommend the episode Blink. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I think it's a little bit different from a typical Doctor Who episode in that it's very much done from the perspective of like a totally, you know, call it an innocent bystander and kind of, you know, that, that crossroads with running into the Doctor, right? The, it's not a Doctor's upfront and prominent throughout the whole episode. It starts with, you know, them watching the recording of the Doctor and like, what is he talking about? And so, like that dynamic, the way they did it a little bit differently, I thought was really interesting. And then, of course, you know, they introduce, in my opinion, one of the greatest villains in all of Doctor Who, which is the Weeping Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really, f- for me, kind of, I think fundamentally at its core, any good writing plays on the fundamental, like, kind of human condition. And for me, the Weeping Angels just play at, core fears that everybody has, like being in the dark, not being able to move, not being able to close your eyes, like not sure where the threat is coming from. And then just like the the old kind of ancient statue look that always kind of had a creepy element to it. And now they took that and they, they made it into a villain I thought was absolutely brilliant. The whole episode start to finish was just A great ride, super entertaining, and to me, it's like the epitome of what Doctor Who is. I'm there's a reason why it's not my number one,
0: so it is not my number five. Well, it's okay to be wrong. That's yeah, I know. (laughs) So here's my thing: like when it comes to recommending episodes, and I, I like, I'm kind of. All of the things that you mentioned are absolutely true. I agree with you. It is Blink is the epitome of great episodes when it comes to Doctor Who. The storytelling is incredibly creative. The villains are frightening. The characters, you know, Carrie Mulligan playing Sally Sparrow. You know, the characters are engaging. It is a great. And uh, it is a great story with an introduction to a character. We're going to get many more stories out of later on. The reason why I don't use that episode when I recommend doctor who to people is because it is such a departure from other doctor who episodes because there's not a lot of doctor in it. Um, And so for that reason, like, and, and I've seen this firsthand. I actually tried introducing a friend to doctor who I showed him blink. We have a system where if we're trying to introduce ourselves to introduce each other to a new show, we pick three episodes of that show and recommend them. And if you can't get them in three episodes, you're not going to get them. That's and fair. and at the same time, he I was introducing him to Doctor Who. He was introducing me to Seinfeld. And I've never watched Seinfeld because I couldn't get into it. And he never watched Doctor Who. I showed him Blink and he highly enjoyed it. And then I showed him two other episodes and they were so different from Blink that he couldn't get into watching Doctor Who.
1: Mm, so
0: I feel like I again using that episode to recommend to people to watch works for some people. I don't feel like it works for everybody. Sure. Because of the departure. So I don't use it. And because exactly like you said, because it is such a departure, it's one of the reasons why it's not in my top five. It is the top of the list of my honorable mentions. I'll tell you that because it is an episode. You can't, you can't not mention it when you're talking about favorites. But I, for the reasons that you said, you recommend it that's the reasons that i don't if that makes sense. And that's what's great about dr who right <laughs> everybody can take different things so that brings me to my number one and it is an episode that has already been mentioned which we knew there was going to be some overlap uh my number one is a matt smith episode it is the one episode that from the first time i saw it no episode has even touched it as far as oh, this might be my new favorite episode. It is season five, episode ten, Vincent and the Doctor. We've we all three of us have it on our list, <laughs> and for good reason. That episode is just phenomenally well done, and it's just it's one of those episodes that doesn't matter how many I watch, how many times I watch it, it gets me emotional every time I watch it.
1: Absolutely. And
0: it's (laughs) I I really don't know what else I can say that hasn't already been said about the episode, but Vincent and the doctor, my number one. So that leads us into some honorable mentions, which I'm sure we all have a bunch. Uh, We can go through these relatively quickly. We don't have to spend a lot of time on these, but we'll go. uh, Each of us will go in turn name one, maybe two, and then we can uh, we'll go through until we have all the ones that we kind of have lined up.
2: Uh, Billy, what's one or two of your honorable mentions? Let's see a couple here. Uh, The time of the doctor getting to see, you know, the episode where Matt Smith regenerates and that whole speech he gives at the end is so, so good. So good. (laughs) And um, I also put the husbands of River Song. This is a, a Peter Capaldi episode when this is a face River hasn't met before. So he gets to play from his point of view, play around with her until she finally gets that connection. And man, I love that episode, too. And um, <laughs> I, I only put one more. I'll go ahead and say it. It was the okay. you you already said it, the two part, the Pandorica and the Big Bang episodes the, that all, that was on my honorable mentions too. I almost put that on there. But yeah, I could have put 20 more easily. But that's the three I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Sean, we, we might as well just list them all as we go through Sean, what are you what honorable sure. mentions do you have on your list?
1: Uh, well, like we said, you, you guys hit a, a couple of them, you know, the end of time, uh, the 60th special, uh, the husbands a river song We're all good. A couple of ones we didn't mention yet, uh, doomsday. So that was the episode where Rose and, uh, the 10th doctor had to part ways. That one just sticks out to me emotionally. Like I mentioned, I was kind of catching up to Dr. Who on Netflix, uh, I won't mention who I was working for at the time, but I was working a night shift where we didn't have too much going on. So I was watching some doctor who, and of course I'm on, I was working like 12 hour night shifts. um, And I was somewhere in the middle of like a week long of doing this. So I was pretty tired. And then I'm watching this episode. So I like I'm on my laptop. I got my headphones in. (laughs) I'm in this room of like 10 other people. And I'm just sitting there like, Quietly sobbing to myself, like just sitting there, like <laughs> trying not to make a noise, like trying not to whimper out loud. But I was like, <clears throat> and just like tears coming down my cheeks. So uh, for me, that's like one of those things that I'll, I'll probably will never forget. Uh, another good one for me early on in uh, um, Tenant's tenure The Girl in the Fireplace, where he meets uh, Madame de Pompadour. I thought that one was really fun. And those robot renaissance character things were so creepy. I still have nightmares about them. (laughs) Um, Let me see what else I got on the list. Um, And then, yeah, I think the Angels Take Manhattan. That's a Matt Smith episode. That's sadly where we see Amy and Rory depart. Uh, That really got me on my heartstrings. I mean, being married, uh, Amy and Rory's relationship, you know, resonates with me in a lot of different ways. But the fact that we lost them, we lost them (laughs) the fact that you know they they exited the show the way they did uh and at the end it was all about them trying to be together uh you know really tug on my heartstrings pretty strongly so yeah yeah that's it for me
0: um i'm now realizing too that one of the episodes i gave a description of is totally not the episode um (laughs) the uh the episode that i mentioned the pandorica opens and the big bang is um not the episode where we find out about Amy Pond and Melody Pond being Amy and Rory's daughter. That is the wedding of River Song, which is season Mm. six, episode 13, which is on my honorable mentions. So that was one of the reasons why I'm looking at my list and I'm like, wait a minute, wedding of River Song. No, that's the one
1: where we find out who (laughs) River's whole story arc is so convoluted. Right. That's
0: That's what I mean. Even I got confused. Um, But looking at my honorable mentions list, uh, yeah, End of Time is one that was on mine. The Girl in the Fireplace was on my list as well. Uh, The Time of the Doctor, Doomsday, also on my wedding. Oh, my wedding list. Jesus. (laughs) Now I'm starting to get convoluted in what I'm talking about. Um, The ones, though, that haven't been mentioned that are on my honorable mentions. uh, Of all the Christmas specials, uh, A Christmas Carol is one of my favorite ones because it is honestly it's where you know Matt Smith decides to give somebody their own Christmas Carol, uh, the Wedding of River Song, which I just mentioned, an early David Tennant episode, season three, episode three, with Martha uh, Gridlock, mm. where they're in the underground where there's traffic, underground, and Tennant starts hopping from car to car. That was a fun. Uh, one. And then the only other one I'll mention uh, for my honorable mentions, I just because I think this this one almost made my top five. See, uh, season six, episode four, The Doctor's Wife. Mm. Uh, this was such a unique and imaginative episode written by Neil Gaiman, by the way, mm. uh, in which the doctor actually gets to interact with the TARDIS because she has taken human form.
1: Yeah, I
2: thought,
0: I thought that thought... was just a fun, such a fun episode that turns really emotional in the end as well. That's a good when, one. When he yeah. has to say goodbye. Uh, to the TARDIS because the TARDIS returns the the heart of the TARDIS returns back to the uh the ship.
1: Yeah, I had that on my honorable mentions list as well. I think it fell off just because the list was so ridiculously long. But yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a good one. It's tough. I mean, it's it <laughs> it, 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 it was,
0: it was <laughs> tough to narrow these down, and I know there's probably episodes that people are going to listen and be like, "How could none of you mention this one?" Right?
2: And we could have came in. We could do another episode with a completely different top five and and still be right.
1: Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> You know, but so, yeah. so let me ask you guys the other way. Wh- what do you think was like the weakest Doctor Who episode? <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I didn't really prepare for that.
1: Um, I, I can go get the. I, I know exactly which one it is for me. I gotta go get the title though. Yeah, I uh, the the aliens of London. That's a uh, season one episode four. That's where like all of the the folks who work in parliament are like secretly aliens and they're all like super oh, gassy yeah. and they're like constantly farting throughout <laughs> the episode. That was starting with the Eccleston series. That was the fourth episode in. I was like this close to be like, I'm 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 giving up on Doctor <laughs> Who. That was a tough one to stomach. But Yeah, but that we but
0: we got Harriet Jones out of those episodes. And Harriet <laughs> yeah, Jones but... was a great character. But farting Just, aliens. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't know. Billy, do you have anything? I,
2: I can't think of a specific episode, but that one, the first first three, four, five episodes of New Who, i it took about three tries for yeah. me to get into it. Because I, th- I mentioned earlier, I'm a teacher. My kids talk about it all the time i'm like ooh, i want to watch this and it just it didn't click with me yet and i have a super busy life and i wasn't going to invest in a show that's you know at that point what 40 50 years old and um but a kid at school really convinced me said just push past it push past the whole first season um which for me it didn't take the whole first season it was like two more episodes i was hooked um but yeah, those first few, and I think maybe I'm like entertainment spoiled, I think production quality kind of does a thing to me that I don't really, th- that it's more of a subconscious thing, I guess, I don't know, but um, the as the production quality gets better, and the stories get a little better, and it's a little bit easier to chew on, I'd have to say those, this just kind of those first few episodes were hard for me. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you know, going going to what I said earlier about my mother, you know, introducing my mother to Doctor Who and telling her, like, no, you you need to start season one because you need to meet Rose. That's what I told her. I was like, you could start a season two, just start at the beginning. And like you, have like your student told you and just push through it, you know, push through season one. It's only 13 episodes and then get to season two and then. That's where you start to get invested. I, I loved Eccleson as the doctor. I really grew to appreciate him as the doctor, yeah. and I wish we got more. But Agreed. the writing of those episodes wasn't exactly the strongest compared to what we have now, I will say. Yeah. So it's it still brought that, in the audience.
2: I was going to say it sucks, you know, the whole. Like you said earlier, go Google it or whatever. The whole stuff going on behind the scenes with Eccleston. But, man, it really sucks that we did not get him in the 50th anniversary special. That would have just yeah. added a whole new layer of of awesomeness to that episode. They
0: teased us with it. Yeah. Because we got to see John Hurt regenerate. Yeah. And then we know he was going to be regenerating yep. into Eccleston. And right before we see it happen, they cut away. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was <laughs> like, oh, like, are you kidding?
1: Know. Right. Maybe he'll show up in the 60th.
0: They say there's going to be a lot of surprises for these three specials. <laughs> that would be nuts. <laughs> so,
1: you Maybe know what, though? Maybe the hatchet.
0: Maybe. I mean, well, <laughs> he did kind of return to who in the audio series. Mm-hmm. So, I you know, I haven't had a chance to check them out yet, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see what that is. So. On the on the note of the sixtieth anniversary, before we start to wrap things up and you know, we let you guys plug away, what are we looking forward to for these specials? Because we know we're getting we're getting three specials. Uh Tenet is gonna be a part of all three of them until he finally regenerates into uh Chudie uh Chudi. Gatwa. Uh, that's it, yeah. Um w- we're gonna see him regenerate by the end into that. So <clears throat> what kind of things, what are we excited about? What are we anticipating for these specials? Kind of like
1: I, sorry, Billy, go go ahead. ahead, You go ahead. I I was just going to say, kind of like I was joking about before, whenever they go to announce the new Doctor, I'm always like, oh, I hope it's David Tennant. And this time it actually was. (laughs) 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 Like, I texted my friend who's like a really big uh, David Tennant fan. He's like, are you kidding? And so, uh, yeah, having Tennant back on screen and then having paired back with Donna, I think is going to be absolutely amazing. The chemistry those two have is just phenomenal. So, looking forward to seeing them on screen again together, not looking forward to having to say goodbye, but I guess with the good comes the bad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think I mentioned earlier, I'm just dying to know how this is going to work without harming Donna. (laughs) Um, and obviously it's a big special episode or three part episode and they're going to do some special things. So I'm just dying to see who are we going to get cameos from, or maybe even bigger than cameos. Um, other doctors, other companions, whatever. But that's kind of what I'm looking forward to, as well as, you know, seeing what's going to cause him to regenerate again. so quickly this time around, only three episodes in, but yeah, I'm excited for it.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I, 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 uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you on all of that, but we're going to, as you know, we're going to have three specials, uh, the star beast, wild blue, yonder and the giggle. Uh, These are the specials that we're going to get. I was trying to look up the dates because I know. um, Let me go. September. No, 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 September. We're already past that. Uh, November 25th, uh, December 2nd and December 9th. So three weeks back to back. We're going to be getting these new specials. And I'm excited that Russell T Davies is back as
1: Mm -hmm. as the writer.
0: Yes. Uh, I'm also excited to see Neil Patrick Harris appear in these specials.
1: I don't know who this guy made a deal with that. Now he's like <laughs> the perpetual supervillain across all of these huge <laughs> sci-fi arcs. We, we just got done rewatching the matrix quadrilogy and, you know, he's the villain <laughs> in the last one and now he's going to show up as the villain in Dr. Who. So yeah. yeah, but that'll be exciting. Yeah. I um, am really interested. Uh, there's been a lot of teases on social media about the 14th doctor is not the 10th doctor and what that actually means. So I'm curious to see how Tenna plays that and how the characters are different.
0: I, I don't know if I believe that though, because when he regen when Jody Whitaker regenerates, he says, I know these teeth, right? Like he's very familiar <laughs> with the, uh, with the person that he has become, like it, it's familiar to him. And I will say too, also on that note, you know, similar to you, Sean, how you kind of like, jokingly said, oh, if if only it's David Tennant again. I tuned in, as I mentioned, I tuned in to watch that regeneration, only because I wanted to see Jodie regenerate into Chudy. Man, they kept that such a well-guarded secret, because nobody knew Mm -mm. that was coming. And I remember seeing, watching that regeneration, seeing Tennant show up and just being... Uh what? And I <laughs> yeah, did the what? Yeah. And then he and, does the and what? That's his reaction <laughs> is the what? Like and just the fact that like we shared that reaction. I was like, oh now I can't wait. And that's what really prompted me. I was like, okay, now I need to get caught up
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I need to make sure there's not anything. I want to make sure everything I need to know for these specials, I know to watch these specials. So now I'm caught up and we're getting ready to go into these, these anniversary specials. And I'm incredibly excited.
2: I know it's finally here after a little Dr. Who drought and I'm really pumped. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so we're going to go on to uh, the post
0: credit, but before we do, uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you for coming on and i want to give you both an opportunity to plug anything that you have, whether it's a, a podcast, a social media account, uh, Anything at all. This is your opportunity to kind of just plug away. Uh, Billy, I'll start with you on this.
2: Yeah. So my best friend and I, we've been doing it for three years now, which is crazy. We've we do a pop culture podcast. Uh, we talk a little bit about everything. It's kind of like we get out there and gather what was new in the nerd news this week from movies to comic books, video games, shows, Um occasionally we get some really cool interviews at conventions and other situations. And we've interviewed actual Marvel and DC authors and artists from the comics, as well as some really cool actors and voice actors. And yeah, we just have a lot of fun doing it. Um, My last name is Taylor and my, my best friend's first name is Taylor. So our name is a little self-serving. We're the infinite Taylor verse. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, we our tagline is like our, our topics are infinite, but yeah. Uh, find us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, anywhere you listen to podcasts and our social media. It's the same thing. Uh, just look up infinite Taylor verse on Facebook, Instagram, and I think on Twitter or X now as it's called is a uh, Taylor verse pod. But most of them are just infinite Taylor verse. And yeah, we have a lot of fun and we do a weekly episode. We haven't had it. We just posted episode 144 and we haven't missed a week in 144 weeks. That's, and that's kind of that's, crazy.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, That's completely really crazy.
2: If we know someone's sick or there was a time when Taylor and his wife had a baby and I had some co-hosts on Ben came on for one of those and uh, we just kept the ball rolling and there's been a couple times we've been sick or had a, a loss in the family. We'll still make a real quick, you know, blurb to put out there so that we don't have, you know, dead air for the week. But yeah, uh, if you like talking about pop culture stuff and the occasional interview with some cool people, it's worth a listen. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: That's that's impressive to not have missed, to go that long without missing an episode. Because I can tell you on my other podcast, uh, Revisited, where we, we were in the middle of our lost coverage. And in the middle of the pandemic, we took what was supposed to be a two-week break that turned into uh, 61 weeks. uh, before we finally made our return and then finished our lost coverage. And now we're into Ted Lasso. Um, so it's, that's a good thing to be. That's a good thing to have is to not have that, uh, that break. So that's impressive.
1: So, uh, Sean, how about you? Yeah, thanks, Ben. I mean, first I just want to say thanks for having me on. Uh, this is my first podcast I've ever done. So I was really excited to do that. So thanks for, for having me. And, uh, yeah, I love talking about Doctor Who. So thanks again. Yeah. Uh, on social media, I'm kind of across the board. I think you can find me under SP Productions. So uh, Sierra Papa, like my initials. I've got a budding YouTube channel. I'm I'm trying to you know build up, but I'm also on Instagram, Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, I have a Facebook page as well, where you'll find mostly kind of my cosplay and uh, prop related projects. I build a lot of replica props from from various shows, Doctor Who included. So yeah, check it out there. Thank you yeah i've seen
0: a lot of your props too a lot of the props that you have make me incredibly jealous uh
1: yeah the the real good ones i bought so i can't take credit for those but they (laughs) they are a lot of fun like the uh the hasbro proton pack that came out last year or earlier this year was phenomenal so yeah that's the one in particular
0: that's the one in particular (laughs) i'm the most jealous of
1: (laughs) especially now that we're getting
0: frozen empire
1: yeah um and Probably I, the coolest toy I have in my collection is is the Proton Pack. The Proton Pack. Did yeah. they ever? I I don't think they made a trap yet. Just the Proton Pack. Right? They are. So uh, so Hasbro does this thing called Haslab, where it's like a crowd source, crowd funded project. So they'll they'll tease a thing like a Proton Pack and say, hey, if we can get ten thousand people to commit to buying one of these at this price point, we'll make them. Um, so not too long. It's actually still running. I think it's up for like another month. They're doing they're calling it two in the box, <laughs> you know, a little reference to uh Ghostbuster. So they're doing a trap and a PKE meter. Oh, that's from, cool. Yeah, from Afterlife. So although I, I guess it's kind of up in the air whether it's actually from Afterlife. It's definitely the Afterlife PKE meter. The trap might be from Frozen Empire. We're not exactly sure yet. But yeah, it's on the the Hasbro website if you want to go check it out. I'm going to have to check that out.
0: Yeah, I was incredibly yeah. jealous that you got the uh, the proton pack. I was temp- I was so tempted to back that project.
1: And yeah, just- I was definitely on the fence because I have like a prop kit in my my stash of stuff. So I was kind of hesitant to buy another one, but uh, I'm super happy that I did. It's an amazing piece. They did a really fantastic job with it. Yeah.
0: And then I know Spirit Halloween, I think, put out like a replica that I think was pretty decent, yeah. actually.
1: Yeah, Spirit Halloween's got their own proton pack. Uh, they actually have their whole line of Ghostbusters props. So they've got a proton pack. They have a trap. Uh, funny story, the <laughs> end scene and afterlife of all the traps in the, the field uh, were all spirit packs that the prop master bought and kind of dressed up a little bit for the show and then buried oh, in the, awesome. the field. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, and they've got the, the goggles and I think they have a PKE meter as well. So yeah, Spirit's got a, a pretty you know, fantastic line of affordable props for people like looking to pick something up and, you know, take it to a con or whatever.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And a big twist. This is actually a ghostbusters podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What a twist. (laughs) Who are you going to call? Uh, no. So I'm, uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to head into the post credit for the listener feedback and everything, which, you know, I, I do by myself. But I just wanted to make sure I thank you guys properly, gave you guys the opportunity to plug away. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for for being on and talking. Dr. Who and um, Billy, it was great to have you back on. I'm sure it won't be the last time. And Sean, I, I hope to have you back on as
1: well. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Look forward to being on. Let me know how I can help out and uh, hope to see you at Colorado Springs Comic Con. I hope so. I'm hoping to be out there.
0: If anybody from altered reality is listening, you've heard (laughs) it. They want me there. I think the, I think the talks are already happening anyway. It's all right.
2: Awesome. Uh, Well, thanks for having me on man. And uh, Sean, nice to meet you.
1: You too.
0: Yeah. All right, guys, stick around. We'll go right into the post credit. (music) Welcome everybody into the Wilhelm post credit uh my little solo session that I do at the end of these episodes or at least I'm starting to do at the end of these episodes haven't really done it before but this is something I've been wanting to do for a little while and we're going to start it now no better than the new season to get it done right uh special thanks to Billy and Sean uh for coming on the podcast and talking who with me for you know for a little while this was a, an episode we've been planning for a while and figured no better time to do it than then now, the 60th anniversary of the series. I'm incredibly excited to see these three specials that are going to be coming. i um, incredibly excited to see where the series is going to go from here. And, you know, it's been a, a part of my life for a little while now. And I'm really excited to, uh, to keep it going, to keep that tradition going. So thank you again to Billy and Sean for coming on. Uh, and to Sean in particular, well done. Uh, I had no idea... This was the first podcast he had ever done. So, um, Sean, well done. It, well done. You did a great job and I can't wait to have you back on and we'll see if maybe you start doing more of this. Maybe you get a little bit of an itch to, uh, to podcast, to moderate, to do whatever it is. Cause you're, you're an awesome person and yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where this takes you not saying Wilhelm is a launching point for anybody, but Hey, you never know. And if I can have played at least a small part in somebody launching something, a new hobby, a new passion. Well done. Well done. Not just to me, but to just anybody who gets the opportunity to do that. So (laughs) anyway, This uh, Wilhelm post credit is, of course, again, first time I'm doing this, but I'm going to continue doing this. This is where you're going to hear all the plugs uh, of things coming up. Maybe some more timely stuff because some of the main discussions do get recorded a little ahead of time. Uh, And, of course, listener feedback. That's what this is mainly going to be. I want this to be a spot for listener feedback, for people to let me know you know, your favorites of whatever topic we're talking about, your points on whatever topic we're talking about, whatever it is. Uh, so I encourage anybody listening right now, please follow the Wilhelm Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Wilhelm podcast, or you can follow on Instagram as well. Instagram.com slash at Wilhelm not well, not slash just look for at Wilhelm podcast on Instagram. And you'll find us there too. Because you're going to see some feedback posts. Uh, and those are the places where you can comment to leave your, your choices for a top five or your points for whatever we're going to discuss. Uh, or, of course, you can always email directly. You can send it to me at feedback at WilhelmPodcast.com. And going that way, you can send it to me either as an email or you can even send it as a voicemail, record yourself in a voice note, uh, record yourself on your computer, record yourself on your phone and send it to me and I will play it. I will play it here in the post credit. Uh, so, yeah, so we we did get a couple pieces, not a lot, but a couple pieces of feedback for this particular Um, this particular topic, this doctor who, uh, I was hoping for more because I know there's a lot of people out there that are fans of doctor who, but not everybody's comfortable leaving feedback and that's okay. So, um, but let's read what we did get. Uh, we did get two pieces and they were left to us via Facebook. Uh, and the first one comes, uh, via my friend, Keith Bowerman. And he says, uh, I will forever wave the flag for Colin Baker. I asked the question, by the way, I asked the question, who's your favorite doctor? What are some of your favorite episodes? All the things that we discussed. Uh, So again, Keith says, I will forever wave the flag for Colin Baker, the sixth doctor. After years of personable, funny, and warm, if occasionally cranky, doctors, to go in a complete different direction and make him an absolutely self-absorbed and angry asshole was a very interesting twist. Sadly, the script writing and the internal politics of the Beeb really... (laughs) the BBC, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, really failed Colin, who was absolutely a good enough actor to pull off what Eric Seward was initially going for. Uh, I'm not sure I buy the story that Seward purposely tried to sabotage the show by making the Doctor hated just because he didn't like Colin Baker, but who knows. Six was very much the template for what 12 would eventually be, angry and abrasive, eventually mellowing into the kind of Doctor everyone loves. Anyway, vengeance on Varos, the two Doctors, and Revelation of the dialects are, are highlights for me from, uh, from this run, and I would strongly encourage anyone who has an interest in Six should definitely look into Colin Baker's work on the Big Finish line of audio stories, where his character and his adventures are more fully fleshed out, including a retcon of the worst regeneration ever. Uh, thank you for that, Keith. And yeah, like I'm right there with you. The audio books are something. The audio stories are something that I really kind of I, I haven't had the chance to dive into. And I really want to, uh, especially considering what we talked about in the main discussion about uh, Christopher Eccleston returning to the role after having only done one season, but returning in the audio form. Um, That in particular is something I kind of want to, you know, I I, I kind of want to get into and I want to give them a shot. So. Uh, and then the other piece of feedback we have is from, uh, our friend, Derek O'Neill, uh, and Derek says, my doctor will always be Peter Davidson, the fourth doctor. I'm the youngest by five years of four boys. I always remember sitting down on Saturday night with the whole family to watch Tom Baker's doctor. And then one night he regenerated the next season. It was no longer my brother's doctor who it was my doctor. I love how involved he still is with the show father-in-law to David Tennant and real father to the doctor's daughter, Georgia Moffat. Now, Tennant, Uh, my favorite episode of the new era is the doctor's wife, where the TARDIS is personified and gets the chance to speak to Matt Smith's doctor. Beautifully, uh, beautifully written by Neil Gaiman. Can't wait for the new episode this month. Uh, Look out for uh, look out for the Children in Need special minisode this weekend. It's bound to be fun. Uh, thank you, Derek for that. Uh, Derek actually did send me the children in need mini uh, that had come out and it's fantastic. It's so much fun. I love when doctor who gets to do those fun little things for children in need or comedy aid or whatever it is that they're doing. They always make them very lighthearted and fun and funny. So it was a lot of fun. I, I stand with Derek on that one and I say, and to go check it out and the doctor's wife, uh, That was one of my honorable mentions on this. That was one of the ones that almost made my top five, as I mentioned in the main discussion. So great choice for, you know, for one of your favorite episodes, Derek. That was a lot of fun. Uh, But again, thank you, Keith and Derek, for the feedback. Again, I encourage everybody listening out there, leave the feedback, Uh, help us out and do what you can. And, um, you know, leave the feedback, share the episodes, everything that's happening, you know, It is what it is, and I I appreciate all the love and the assistance. And we'll read the feedback. Like I said, we will read the feedback on the podcast. Well, I will read the feedback on the podcast. You never know. I might have guests that are going to join me for the the post-credit. Uh, so where do we go from here with the post credit? Well, that is the plug section. That's where I'm going to tell you about everything that's going to be coming for Wilhelm. All the things that you should check out. Uh, starting first, of course, with Billy Taylor, who was a guest on the podcast. Check out his podcast, the infinite Taylorverse, uh, and go, uh, just search for that wherever you find podcasts. It's, uh, I've been on it and it is actually a, a lot of fun. Uh, it's He's been doing it for a long time. And, you know, as I mentioned as well, it's it's a big it, it's a big accomplishment to be able to do that many episodes in a row without missing a beat. Because I know from experience, having been a podcaster for 10 years, you're bound to miss some weeks, but over 100 strong. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, and then, of course, Sean, go check out if you're on Facebook, uh, search for SP Productions. And that is his. um that is his site where he does all the you know he shows you all these new videos and there you i mean you can find links to his youtube page as well uh through that go give that page a like follow sean on there i'm sure he'll be back on again to talk about more he just posted a, a uh a picture on the page um uh, men in black related uh, because he he likes to collect all these different things so and he has the he has the neuralizer for men in black which is awesome Uh, As for Wilhelm, this is the start of the new season. Uh, I did take a little bit of a break, you know, between writer strike, actor strikes, everything happening, uh, working Rhode Island Comic Con, which was amazing. Uh, You know, I was away for a little bit, but I'm back. New seasons. There are groups on Facebook now with uh, with people that are following. Uh, The Patreon is going to be launching soon so that you can help the podcast survive if you would like to. It's not a requirement, uh, but if you would like to. And some more details on that will be on the website on the Facebook page on the Instagram. Uh, so places to follow wilhelmpodcast.com That is the easiest place to go to find everything, where to subscribe, where to listen uh, links to social media, all of that fun stuff, but direct links to social media, facebook.com slash Wilhelm podcast, Instagram at Wilhelm podcast. I'm not on X, not getting political about it, but I will not be on X either. So you don't have to worry about trying to find me there. As far as things coming from Wilhelm in this new season, I have lots of audio of panels that I've done over the past couple of years. Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, uh, Christy Swanson, a voice actors panel from Contropolis, Pennsylvania, uh, audio of my panels from Rhode Island Comic Con, including members of the Brat Pack. Anson Mount, Chris Sarandon, uh, Vicki Lawrence and Dorothy Lyman, uh, Greg Nicotero from The Walking Dead. I have a lot of audio that's going to be coming your way. But of course, we're going to be going back to the top five format as well. We got a lot of plans for top five episodes, uh, including another Christmas episode this year where we'll probably talk about most untraditional Christmas movies. Top five of that. Uh, And then, of course, we're going to do some actor spotlights and so much more. We got a lot planned. So make sure you're following, make sure you're listening, make sure you're subscribed, and make sure you share the podcast. Put it out there. Uh, I think that is just, oh, nope. Sorry. Two more things before we go. Uh, Monarch: Legacy of Monsters, the new Apple Plus series, has debuted, and my friend Mark Kirkman and I are covering it here on Wilhelm. We are doing weekly coverage of the show. It is a joint venture with the Podcastica podcast network. My friend Jason runs over there, uh, so you can hear it over. You can hear it on the Wilhelm podcast feed. You can hear it on the House Podcastica podcast feed. It launches on both, uh, and to anybody from House Podcastica that is now. Now come over to Wilhelm to give us a listen. Hello, and welcome to the welcome to the family. Uh, hopefully you enjoy your time here. Uh, but Mark and I are covering that every week. We're going to have some special guests along the way. The first two episodes have already dropped. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, we'll be preparing for the third episode, which is already released. We just haven't recorded on it yet. Uh, and that'll be going into the beginning of January. Uh, also, make sure you are following Kristen and I covering... Uh, Ted Lasso over on the Revisited podcast, which is a Wilhelm spinoff, revisitedpod.com, facebook.com slash revisitedpod, or on Instagram at revisitedpod. We are almost done season one of Ted Lasso, and it has been so much fun revisiting that show because we both just absolutely adore that show. So uh, go over there, give it a follow, especially if you're a Ted Lasso fan, because we're having so much fun talking about the show and doing a deep dive into the show. We didn't realize you could do a deep dive into the show until we actually started doing the deep dive. And there is so much there, so much goodness, so much emotion, so much love. And it's just, it's, it's been a blast. <clears throat> Kristen and I also here on Wilhelm have been doing the movie swap. Uh, we took a little bit of a break from that only because the last movie I had given to Kristen, for those of you wondering where this might've, where it might've gone, because uh, it's been, we haven't done one in a couple weeks. Uh, the last movie I gave to Kristen was a Matthew Perry film. And then before we got the opportunity to record on that, Matthew Perry passed away, sadly. And, uh, you know, much to our... Chagrin because we were both huge fans of him, <clears throat> excuse me, and of of friends, uh, so we needed to kind of take a step back because I didn't want to force her to watch a Matthew Perry movie. So we we kind of have to just reassign. We're going to reassign new movies to each other uh, and kind of start fresh. So expect movie swap to return sometime after the Thanksgiving holiday because we're we're definitely going to get back to it. We were having a blast doing that, and uh, we're we're going to kick we're going to return to it. So. Thank you guys, as always, for everything. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for subscribing. I don't know what's next on the docket because I have so much, but expect to see another episode of Wilhelm within the next two weeks. You're going to see something pop up. It might be a panel. It could be a top five. Uh, I don't know what it is going to be at the time I'm recording this. I don't know what it is going to be yet. Keep an eye on the socials. You'll see it there. Uh, What it's going to be this way, if it's something you can chime in for you can absolutely chime in for it. And I encourage you to chime in for it. Uh, But until next time, I will see you guys on another episode of Wilhelm. Take care.